The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook, often imitated, never duplicated. We are one of the top five betting podcasts in the world, pretty much anywhere you look. It's kind of awesome, really. We primarily talk NFL, but we do get into some of the other big events, the Masters, March Madness, etc., it is April, second week of April, so we need to dive into the NFL draft. That's what we're going to do. You need to check me out on social media, please, at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. As a reminder, any of you can get access to all of our official bets by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Media. You can also always ask Steve a question. If you take advantage of any of the sponsors you find over at RossTucker.com on the sponsor page, just email me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and then you can ask your specific betting question to Steve. We should be able to get to one or two later in today's show. We're at Ross Tucker Pod on social, and of course, a lot of you more and more are watching us, YouTube.com slash NFL. I referenced Steve. That is, of course, the great Steve Fezzik. The only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling. And Steve, very excited because for the second year in a row, we have arguably the best NFL draft prop better in the galaxy. His name is Anthony Amico. He's from Establish the Run. And when Evan Silva says, Ross, this is the guy then he's the guy. That, I mean, that, that's Evan Silva was my Fantasy Feast co-host for a long time. He's now one of the owners over at Establish the Run, a terrific website. And Anthony is as locked in to the NFL draft and the prop bets as anybody. Anthony, welcome back to the show, man. Really appreciate you coming on again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you guys. So you want to follow him 
on Twitter at Amixta, A-M-I-C-S-T-A, A-M-I-C-S-T-A. And um, Steve, we got to get into this because you always talk about this. You're a big believer in betting the NFL draft. I mean, what do you say? You usually make more money on the NFL draft than you do during the season? I forget. Um, well, per day, absolutely. The There are some dark clouds on the Vegas horizon here. I reside in Las Vegas, and the Vegas books, other than betting on who's going to go number one, have yet any of the books to post a line on the draft. Circus says they are going to put lines up on the projected you know, over under on the top 32 picks, but that may only be up the, the week of the draft. Vegas is afraid of the draft. Vegas doesn't win booking the draft. They lose every year. Wow. Um, but our friends over at DraftKings already have lines up, Steve. Exactly. And that's the advantage. Certain books offer more liberal offerings, and you absolutely should take advantage of it. And Anthony's going to tell us how to do so right in the show. So I need to look this up. Um, it drives me nuts. I live in Pennsylvania. And you're not allowed to bet the NFL draft, which makes no sense to me. Like, I'll never understand any of these different entities that allow betting. Well, first of all, I don't want to go off here, but like, I'll never understand any states that don't have it legalized. I mean, you're just giving away millions in revenue for your state to other states or offshore in some cases. So I'll never understand that. And then, okay. Whatever your argument is there, but then you allow betting, but you don't allow betting on the NFL draft. Like, Anthony, you're in Jersey, right? Oh, yeah. And you can bet NFL draft. Yep. Okay. So then, like, Pennsylvania lawmakers, like, coach me up here. <laughs> you're, you allow betting. You understand the benefits of betting. You're reaping the rewards of betting. But for, like, the NFL draft – you want the heavily populated southeastern Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area to just drive across the bridge to be able to bet on the draft and, and get Jersey the revenue? Yeah, uh, Steve, it, does that make any sense? It, it, it does not. And I'm not a historian, but I believe I did see fast times at Ridgemont High. And wasn't it Jeff Spicoli that said, oh, the, you know, England's got all these bogus rules. And that's why we came to America with cool rules that let, let, let libertarian type of rules that let us do and have religious and other freedoms. And yet in England, I can walk into any 7-Eleven and bet on anything and I can't do it in Utah or Texas. That's bogus, man. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, Steve, you talk about this before we get to Anthony's specific props. Why does Vegas lose? Why are these prop bets so good? Because so many of the bets become, as the draft approaches, predetermined. Teams know who they like. The Bengals decide, hey, I want to take Chase. I'm not going to take a lineman. Word leaks out. Chase is walking around with sneakers that have tiger stripes on them. I think that Chase is going to go to the Bengals. You get the idea. Well, I mean, he did play for LSU, too, in fairness. But, yes, I understand what you're saying. Um, all right, Anthony, last year you were money for us. It was awesome. Let's talk first about sort of your um, your process here. Why are you so good? When did this start for you? 
And what do you do to be so good with these profits? Yeah, I mean, I just started getting into this a few years ago. I've, I've really always been into the NFL draft, like even like as a kid, like I just think it's like just a, an entertaining space, you know, like I, I love the idea of, of looking at these prospects and, and picking them and all that stuff. Um, so then obviously you get older and you get, you find out you can bet on this stuff and it's just like a natural inclination to do so. But I mean, the reason it's so profitable and, and, and I think this really goes for anybody is it like, it's just information. You just have to do the work. Like if you're reading all the articles and you're listening to all the podcasts and you feel like you have your finger on the pulse in terms of where these players are going to go, um, you're probably ahead of the books. Uh, you know, some of that stuff I think is probably changing a little bit just because, you know, they are releasing lines a lot later. I mean, even here in Jersey where you can pretty much do whatever you want, like the, the liquidity is like still really, really low. Um, there's not as many markets up as there were at this time last year. I still think that they'll release a bunch of stuff super close to the draft, like week of the draft. Uh, and there will still be an edge on those uh, wagers, but it won't be as big probably as it was a year or two ago. When you say uh, the liquidity, you mean just low, low thresholds? Yeah. Like even like, even if you were just a new person who decided, Hey, I want to sign up on DraftKings and, I'm just really interested in betting on Bryce Young to be the first pick or something. Like you probably can't get that much money down on that relative to what you could have maybe two years ago. Got it. So it's already, so Steve, they've already kind of figured out that they, that they're going to lose and they're trying to limit as they, they know they have to have it up. Otherwise their customers will go elsewhere, but they're just trying to limit the, the damage, the bloodletting, so to speak. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull back the curtain here on what pros are doing there is a scramble out there and anyone who's listening to this podcast if you're a lifetime loser you've been unsuccessful gaming and you've been gambling against the DraftKings of the world it's time to make a few phone calls because your account is gold because you can pretty much bet whatever you want because you're a loser why would they limit you you can you can you can just fire away so if you can suddenly partner up with an Anthony Amico or someone who might have a limit of $38 on something he wagers, but this other guy can bet $5,000. You can imagine how much you can profit on things like the NFL draft with their soft lines. Okay. Dumb question, Steve. Is that legal? Yeah, you can't. And the rule in Nevada regarding messenger betting is that it's illegal to directly pay somebody to place a bet for you. And it's 100% legal to just partner up with someone and everybody takes a percentage share. Now, in other states, last time I checked, yeah, I don't have a law degree. So check with your, your local state, all state and local rules, and make sure you're not, you know, violating any rules. How is that different than, like, having a bookie? Well, on a bookie, you're betting directly against a bookie, and with the syndicate betting, you've got you're working as a group where all of you take yeah, okay, share. yeah, yeah. So you're all betting, you're all rowing in the same direction. All right, all right. So Anthony, we know how you do it. We know. So when you say it's just information, what information are you getting? Where do you go for your information? Explain that. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of focusing on the national insiders for me. So guys like Daniel Jeremiah, Peter Schrager, uh, Todd McShay, uh, Dane Brugler, uh, those types of guys who are, who are kind of like deep into the draft space, have a lot of connections with people in the NFL, um, maybe even with particular front offices. 
uh, and then they're writing about this or they're making mock drafts. Like they're doing a lot of content. Uh, and just by absorbing a lot of that content, you can have a, a decent idea at least of, of what teams are leaning towards or what the league is leaning towards in terms of how these players are being valued. I am leaning towards drinking a bunch of Labatt Blue Lights during the NFL draft. It's going to be awesome. Might be by myself, might be after the draft because I'll be working for the Eagles. But you want to take your draft experience to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends, live life to the power of we, always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All right, let's get into some of these you like, Anthony. So you just read a ton, but you, so basically you have deciphered which insiders, which draft guys really have the best information and you check out their information might be specific to teams, might just be in general. And you use that information to kind of get a better sense of where the market might be off with certain guys. Yeah, exactly right. And I think what's interesting about this draft in particular um, is that there's a huge, huge range, I think, on pretty much every player outside of like the top eight or so guys. Like the everyone is saying right now that like picks like 12 to 45 are like basically the same. And that makes, I think, for uh, a very interesting betting environment. Interesting. Um, all right. Give us, give us one. Um, give us one. Uh, and, and by the way, Steve, you usually like what? Like where a guy is to be drafted or how many at a certain position in the, in, in round one. Those are the ones I think are cool. Like over under a certain guy, the books think he's going a certain place. We know he's actually going lower or higher. Or the books, like I saw Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl, Anthony, saying that the the league is way lower on wide receivers this wide receiver class than the media seems to be yeah so i don't know if draftkings has it up how many wide receivers in the first round right now but that sounds like one you could you could hammer the under on yeah and it's and it's been hammered four and a half receivers it's like minus 300 or longer uh wherever you look so yeah i mean stuff like that is super important i mean jim's obviously a guy that has a lot of connections um so uh, one that I like, uh, Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky, his draft position is posted at seven and a half. Uh, and I like the under on that. The juice is still pretty good. It's only minus 130 at DraftKings. Um, but it's a good quarterback class. Probably, I mean, I would say definitely four, maybe five in the first round. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah seems pretty confident that all these guys go in the top 10. And I think that seven and a half is a key number. Uh, because you fit the Raiders in there at seven. Um, I think Levis could go as high as two to the Texans, uh, but you get all those quarterback needy teams in there. You get Houston, you get uh, Seattle, you get Detroit, you get the Raiders, um, bless you. And you get anybody that could be trading up into the Cardinal spot at three uh, or potentially into 
uh, maybe even the Raiders spot if they decide they don't want a quarterback at seven. So I think you get a lot of options there with Levis. Uh, he did really well in this uh, new S2 test, which is like the cognitive processing test that people are talking about a lot more just because Brock Purdy did extremely well in it last year. Uh, Bryce Young has the best score in this year's class uh, and Levis is not far behind. So I do think that the league is probably a little higher on him maybe than the media. Uh, so I like him under seven and a half. That is really interesting to me because I think there's a chance he doesn't even go in the first round. Wow. Like you and I disagree on that one. Now, listen, I don't talk to anybody really. I mean, I talk <laughs> to some people, but not like, like I just, I was going through it and I, I really think Bryce Young, Richardson, and CJ Stroud probably go in like the first four picks. Yeah. And after that, it's like, Okay, are the Raiders going to take him or not? Like, are, are is this next team going? Are they really? Are the Vikings going to take him or not? And I feel like we actually did a mock draft on the College Draft podcast. We did a YouTube live, and Levis didn't go in the first round. Now that doesn't mean anything because we don't know what we're talking about. But he didn't, you know, as we went through it. So, um, your thoughts on that one, Steve? Quarterbacks typically are undervalued, and here's why. Um, it is the very, very rare player that's worth more than one point to the NFL line. I mean, you need to be Justin Jefferson. You need to be, you know, C-Mac to be worth a, more than one point if you're out of a game. But if you have a crappy quarterback, if you're stuck with the Sam Darnold type of guy, he's like two points worse than average. If you can just get a slightly above quarterback for the during his career, that's maybe one point better than the average starting quarterback. Think about that. That's a three-point upgrade. That's like getting, you know, a number one, the best number one wide receiver and the and the best running back suddenly on your team. So it's worth a lottery ticket to try on a quarterback that even if you don't think like Levis is going to develop into an above-average starter, if there's just like a one-fourth chance of it, it's absolutely worth it to go ahead and take him. Yeah. And I think the quarterback, like quarterback on a rookie contract has become a big thing now where maybe even like three years ago, people weren't talking about it as much, but you look at a team like Philly that, or San Francisco that gets to supercharge their roster because they have a quarterback on a rookie scale contract. And uh, I think teams are realizing that provides a lot of value. All right. What about Jalen Carter? Because I know there's an opportunity here, Anthony, with Jalen Carter. I know there is. I'm just not sure what it is yet. You know, like, I don't, I don't, is there, like, I am tempted, uh, what's his latest over-under, seven and a half? I guess yeah. I'm tempted to go under um, just because I think he's that talented. But we'll see. I thought maybe people were talking about, like, him not going in the top 10, to me, like, there's no chance that that happens, that they let him go outside the top 10. But I also haven't talked to that many people about just how bad the off-the-field stuff is. So what do you got on him? Yeah, I'm leaning over on him because the number is super juiced to under. It's like minus 210 under plus 165 over. So I, I think at that juice, uh, I'm tempted to go over here. I mean, Carter's not going to go in the first like three or four picks, I think, because it's going to be mostly quarterbacks. Um, so you're, you're basically looking at Seattle at five, Detroit at six, Raiders at seven. Well, 
a couple weeks ago, there was a report that the Raiders had him off their board completely, that they, they're not interested in taking him at all. So take them out. Seattle in the past has taken some gambles on the guys that have potential red flags. You can say if whether or not Carter does. I mean, I'll let you guys do that research. But, you know, I, I think that last year they went really, really heavy into the character guys. Uh, pretty much every guy they drafted was a, was a, a, a double-plus guy in terms of character. They had a really good season. So I'm not, I'm not sold 100% that they're going to go back to taking the guy who's super talented, which Carter is, that maybe they don't love otherwise. Um, and I think that if they have a shot at Will Anderson, that they would just prefer him outright to Carter. So really, it's just the Lions at six that, I, that I, I'm not sure about what they do with this guy. So I think getting the plus money over on Carter is good. Um, I think that if you pair that with Detroit to take Carter, it's like four to one. Um, then, you know, in the, in the aggregate, you're getting a pretty good bet. I mean, you're going to protect yourself against that Lions out uh, and you're going to have plus money on the over. I think that Carter ultimately right now, if I was guessing, is going to land with either Chicago at nine or the Eagles at 10. Uh, and that's, that's kind of where I lean right now. Interesting. Steve? I think it's really strong, the idea of the Raiders going back to the Gruden issues and then the tragedy with the wide receiver. They really need to draft a squeaky clean guy. They can't have another disaster. So it makes sense the Raiders would not take him. You know, I did have one person tell me there's even more stuff than people know about. Hmm. So that does make me think, you know, over seven and a half might be pretty good there. Um, I feel like as that comes closer to the draft, there'll even be more clarity there. That's just amazing to think about the amount of money that young man cost himself if he doesn't go till then. I mean, he's the best player. Yeah. But that's not all there is to it. What about, you know, I, I watch every Penn State game as much as I can, Anthony. I grew up with season tickets. What about Joey Porter Jr.? Because I know you, you and I were texting. That's a guy you got something on. Yeah, I like his under. It's still plus 140. Again, I, I mentioned to you guys at the top of the show, like this is a draft that has a decent range in terms of like a lot of these players. So I like attacking these plus money spots where the market is just super, super confident about what's going to happen with these players. I, I think right now the consensus is Joey Porter to the Steelers at 17. You know, his dad played there. Steelers would never pass on him. Sure, I agree with that. But I don't, I'm not sold that he makes it to them. Um, you know, Porter is a, is, uh, again, one of these like long physical corners, good height, weight, speed guy. Uh, the commanders at 16, I think is the correct key number. They have a, a dramatic need at corner. I don't think that they're going to get a chance at either Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez. I would expect those guys to be gone. So then you look at a guy like Porter. I mean, he could, he's a fit with new England. He's a fit with the commanders. If the Eagles were to trade down, which I think is possible given the, the lack of picks they have on day three right now, uh, they would be a match at corner. Um, so I think that Porter's a fit with a bunch of these teams. The, the NFL bloodline guys, I feel like, tend to do really well during this process just because, you know, they they kind of have the answers to the test a little bit. I mean, Ross, you would know more about this than me, obviously, but I have to imagine the things you say in those rooms has a lot to do with where you end up getting picked. And and Porter's going to have, I think, an upper, an upper hand there uh, in terms of the meetings and stuff. So... I like Porter. I, I don't think I would take this at minus money, and I don't think I would take this lower than 16 and a half, but I do think at plus, you know, plus 140, plus 130, um, that this is a good bet under. 
I like it. Um, and I do think we've seen a lot of these guys have success recently, right? Like Patrick Sertan, like a lot of these guys whose dads played, they just kind of get it. You know, yeah. they just, they get it. They've been around it. Their dads, you know, their dads have already taught them how to be a pro and how to go about it as a pro. So that they're familiar with it. All right. What about first O-lineman? Yeah, this is this is just an interesting market to me because I think that we have a ton of confidence in the two guys at the top, Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky. Um, but I, I think that there's a pretty large group of offensive linemen that have a chance here. And I think that the market right now is sleeping on Broderick Jones a little bit out of Georgia. He's seven to one. So you don't have to, you know, put a ton on this one to get a decent return. I think he probably should be priced closer to about three to one. Um has a good athletic profile. His athletic profile is basically the same as Iki Aquanu. He was a top 10 offensive lineman last year. Uh, Paris Johnson, good size, uh, but I really haven't heard much about him being connected to any teams outside of the Bears. Uh, and Broderick Jones has also visited the Bears. Uh, Skaronsky, I think people agree, is very good, but it sounds like he might be a guard. And I'm not sure that you're going to take a guard before you take a tackle. Uh, so I'm, I'm just, I think that there's at least enough uncertainty here where Jones at seven to one provides value. I don't think he should be the favorite. I don't think that, you know, I don't think he should be expected to be the first lineman off the board, but if it's 25% and you're getting it at seven to one, uh, that's a good bet. So I like Broderick Jones first offensive lineman. Interesting. How do you say, like, how do you know it should be priced more like three to one? Like what's the math there? Uh, so, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, Back of the napkin type stuff. I mean, I'm not like it's not like through like a model or anything, but I think okay, just I just didn't at, know. Yeah, like, just looking at like yeah. a lot of the mocks and a lot of like what the beat. You just think there's saying. a there's basically a one in three chance, and they're giving it like a one in seven chance almost. Right, exactly. That makes sense. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the first uh, guy off the board at all. That that first old line off the board. What about wide receiver? Yeah, I, this is the market that I just think is the most out of whack right now uh, because Jackson Smith and Jigba is minus 200 favorite. Um, and I think that there's a lot of reasons to think that he could be very good. I mean, I certainly think that he's a good player. But you look at how the NFL has traditionally valued these slot receivers. Uh, you know, JSN's a guy who's played well over 80% of his snaps in the slot for his career. Uh, and you just don't see guys like that get drafted in the top 15. I mean, I think that the the – the highest number that I've seen in the last few years was like in the 60% range. I mean, this is a huge, huge discrepancy off, you know, what teams normally do. Um, so if, if you're not, con- so I'm not sold that he's like a top 15 guy or a top 10 guy. And if he's not that, then you start getting into this range of teams in like the late teens and the twenties where it's really choose your flavor. I mean, there's a lot of good receivers out there. I think in this, in this class, um, I think that, if you look at the rankings, you know, like Daniel Jeremiah still has Jordan Addison as his number one receiver in the class. Um, there was a report uh, yesterday from Peter King uh, that some teams have Addison as their first receiver. Some teams have Zay Flowers. Uh, so there's a lot of smoke still around other players at this position. I think that, you know, markets, uh, the markets kind of uh, player evaluation is what's creating this being so so heavy in JSN's favor, and I, I'm just not sold on it. So again, I'm, I'm looking at Addison plus 750, and I feel similar to this as I do with with Broderick Jones. I actually feel probably even better about Addison because 
I know that there's people that have him ranked as the, as their first receiver uh, who are prominent in, in NFL media and, and who talk to teams and, and get those impressions. So, you know, Addison's a guy who's played all over the formation. I think that that's the versatility that teams usually look for. Uh, and Devonta Smith is another one of these like kind of skinnier guys who's done very well. So I think that that helps Addison versus, you know, maybe in previous years, his frame would have been a huge detriment to his draft position. Check this man out on social media. That is the key at Amixta, A-M-I-C-S-T-A. He is the man over at Establish the Run. Love it, Anthony. I love that this is an annual thing. Really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. There he is, Anthony Amico. Steve, just want to let you wrap it up. Uh, no, Not enough time for an email question, but I want to get your thoughts on what we heard from Anthony. Yeah, and I think you can create a diversified portfolio. If Anthony likes, you know, the number three lineman to go first, you certainly could look to play that lineman uh, under where he's going to get selected. You could look to play the other guys over um, and, you know, use his opinion in terms of who's going to go one and bet it in the over-unders as well. Um, Also, definitely check back with Anthony, you know, later on as the draft is almost upon us because things certainly do change. And uh, I would, I would guess that um, he'd have much more definitive opinions right before the drafts about to occur at that point in time. Love it. Uh, Really appreciate the time from Anthony. Excellent stuff from you, Steve, as well. Always check him out at Fezzik sports. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker pod next week. We'll get to some of your email questions. So send them in and, Well, a little more NFL draft talk. It's going to be here in about two weeks. Very, very exciting. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.